and welcome to Property Matters, supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. You can find uh, this weekly property show every Sunday live on propertymatterstv.co.uk or by searching Property Matters TV in YouTube or Facebook. Whenever or wherever you're enjoying the show, please get involved by adding your comments in the comments section below. And if you'd like to email, the address is hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. Property Matters is also available as a podcast on our website. It's available from those main platforms that you all use and love. So that's what's been going on in the world of property this week. Let's uh, find out with uh, Joe Joshi. Morning, Joe. Yes, good morning. Good morning, Paul. Good morning to our viewers and, and listeners, wherever you are. Uh, what a week it's been in property. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's probably, probably an understatement, to, to say the least, let alone let a week where it's been everywhere else. Um, and uh, there's never a dull moment, but uh, I'm sure, Paul, you've got all the, all the list of all the questions that you're going to throw at me today, and I'll do my very best to see if I can't put a spin on what we've got. Absolutely. Well, let's get straight, straight into it then. Uh, the Zoopla report, September 2022, the UK House Price Index, which of course is out because it's the turn of the month. So we've got an 8.2% uh, growth in house prices. Uh, the hit to buying power from a shift to uh, 5% mortgage rates or thereabouts is uh, minus 28%. We'll talk about that. And 6% of listings with a 5% price reduction in the last month. So let's just uh, look at that in a bit more detail. So what they're saying is in this month's report that the housing market is transitioning to a buyer's market as higher mortgage rates are set to cut buying power by up to 28%. We'll have a look at a graph on that in a second. So the jump in house prices over the pandemic is compounding the affordability challenge, particularly in the South, of course. Some regions have seen 10 years as of house price, price growth compressed into two years. So 10 years of growth compressed into two years. New sales are holding up with no sudden drop in demand in recent weeks, but buy interest is weaker than a year ago. Asking price reductions are at the highest level since before the pandemic, as sellers adjust to more price sensitive demand. Stamp duty changes will support regional markets and first time buyers in Southern England at a low cost to the Exchequer and stamp duty changes are welcome, says the report, and will boost some sectors of the market, but overall they're unlikely to offset the impact of higher mortgage rates on housing activity. That's a fair executive summary of it. What's your thoughts, Joe? Yes, I think um, <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting executive summary. Um, uh, I think um, what's interesting about that, uh, Paul, is that uh, no matter what happens um, in, in the general market, you can see very clearly from the um, the initial figures how strong and um, resilient still, uh, despite all the um, all the issues that are happening in the, in in the uh, financial and property world, um, and generally the property is still one of the safest and uh, places to be, and people still want to uh, purchase their home and, um, and and own their own home, and obviously. Um, will do whatever possible to try and get that. Um, and yes, of course, um, we know that the money market is is very, very volatile at this moment in time. And so subsequently, that is going to have its own um, uh, challenges, especially for uh, first-time buyers. Uh, as you say, the cost of living, which, of course, as of yesterday, the, the new meter has started. Um, and um, so 1st of October, you know, the... Um, the minimum two and a half thousand pound cap starts existed, which still means that 
probably over a thousand pounds a year has been added to people's costs. It's another hundred pound a month, give or take. Um, and so all of those things are are relevant to what's happening in the in the property market. And the executive summary is probably not far short of the truth. Um, perhaps a little bit of gilding of the lily on, on some of it, but uh, that's part of trying to make it as positive as possible. They're talking about the fact that obviously the, the background economic situation, I mean, the summer has been quite a dynamic time for the property market, uh, for sure, with the increases in, in uh, interest rates. I mean, they've pretty much doubled since the beginning of the year. And of course, as you say, rising energy prices have added to that, but it doesn't seem to have yet had any material impact on the housing market. And it will be interesting to see, won't it, Joe, the effect of this mini budget and the, 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 the draining of confidence that's gone on as a result of that, as to how that will affect the market. I mean, I, I know one or two people looking as first time buyers, not a million miles from my own self. And, you know, they were looking to get on the ladder as quickly as possible. But after the chaos, I suppose, of the last week or so, they're thinking, well, do you know what, we might need to sit this out and just let things calm down. Do you think that's going to have? Do you think that's going to be played out across the country, and therefore, when we look at these figures in a month's time, we'll see that kind of draining away from the market? I think you're absolutely right. Um, uh, in, and 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 um, the first-time buyers are certainly going to sit it out for a while until such time as they think that there is a confidence. The confidence isn't isn't in them as potential buyers and owners. It's it's in the situ at the moment, the government, and the complete. Uh, dog's dinner that they've managed to make so far in a short space of time has pushed that thing um, back and people will be and rightly so and why not I mean if it was your power and penny in your pocket you're going to start thinking twice about what is the right time for me to do this and whilst it's been a, a little good flow for the last few years in fact the last number of years um, you know it, it may be that they will take a slight longer time to make a decision look wider I mean some of the good things that may have come out of that is that um, yes there is that sort of shift on the on the number of the stamp duty uh, amount which I think was definitely overdue um, uh, for the 250 line from 125 there was just not anything out there really at 125 um, and, until unless you're in through the complete you know sort of north of, of the UK or an area that is not as practical as perhaps where where work is, etc., and communication is. But um, so at least that that is. I mean, if I could actually pinpoint one good thing that so far has come out of this so-called mini budget, I think that's the only thing I can put it down to, is the fact that the the bottom line figure has been shifted to two fifty. So there is now real scope for people to buy up to around two hundred fifty thousand pound and not have to foot a bill, albeit. It was only one percent. It's still two and a half grand, but it's still, you know, that's the value of maybe the legal cost and the survey that they're saving up by not not having that two hundred and fifty thousand uh, pound bottom line, and the fact that they can actually um, spread that up to four twenty five uh, as a first time buyer, and and so so there's a real scenario that is actually available for them, um, and for first time buyers, of course, it's zero. Um, till 425 so that's you know um, originally that's probably about 10 or 11 thousand pounds saving at that price price point um, so those are the two aspects the rest of it I think uh, it's, it's been a, a bit of a sham and yes it's going to make people certainly sit down and think about what they're going to do and as they're saying that it potentially could be 
you know, turning towards a buyer's market as opposed to a seller's market. Um, and there are so many other things that um, that are actually not been considered, in my opinion. Um, and um, it, it's it's more about so-called scoring points, Paul, in my in my in my thinking, than than actually doing what the real job is about. Um, and, and and of course, by trying to score those points, um, I think they're going to fall on their own sword. Hopefully, um, one of those situations with the stamp duty uh, concessions that. Um, it's interesting they haven't put an um, end date on that. I mean, it's almost certain, in my view, that they should leave them at these new levels um, because, really, that's only just a correction of those levels, bearing in mind the price rises of the last couple of years. And if you look at demand over the last, uh, uh, in August, it was 8%, which is, um, uh, sorry, 8% above the five-year average. So we're still 8% above whatever the uh, average is for the last five years in terms of buyer demand. So uh, it, it, it does feel like um, people are thinking, well, I've just got to get on there and I've just got to get in the game. I've got to get a property. If I get a property, I'm going to be carried along on the wave absolutely i think that's that has been the case throughout generations paul from time from from the time that i can um, remember myself it's uh, it's it's something that everyone has had a wish to do and it will still be the containing the continuing wish for most people that uh, they would like to uh, own their own property rather than perhaps align the pockets of the rental or the landlords that prefer to have that for themselves. Um, so there's a there's a, a, a serious consideration. But of course, as you can see, and I've said to you in our program many times in our discussions that, um, you know, they play with the property market. Each consecutive government plays with the property market as a yo-yo. They, they, they use it all the time. And here you can see what they've done each time. You know, through the pandemic, they use it through stamp duty process to keep the, th the building work and, and the home buying process up because it has a relevance to all the uh, other industries. In fact, pretty much everything is related around the home. Because once you have your own home, you, you want to make it a home as opposed to a house. And you end up spending lots and lots of money on little things that you probably wouldn't. If you were renting, you sit there and you go, well, that's not my job. I'm not going to do that. But when you're owning your own property, you start to do it. So the home ownership aspect is the the buzzword, the byword in this, in this country, in the UK. And everybody, where possible, would love to own their own home. For the benefit of the people on the podcast, we have a, a graph on the screen now, which shows the year-on-year uh, changes percentage change from September 21 to September 22. So there, as you can see, I just mentioned um, demand was is eight percent above what it was over a five-year average. This time last year, demand was 23 percent above the five-year average, which is a, a shocking change. So clearly, things have slowed down, but we're still above the uh, the five-year average. If you look at the number of sales agreed, we're three percent up. Uh, on the five-year average, whereas this time last year we were 10% up. And the flow of new supply, this is the positive part of this, I suppose. We're actually 4% better with supply now, and we were 11% below what the five-year average of supply was this time last year. And so therefore, the, the stock of homes for sale is now 21% short of what's needed, as opposed to 31% what it was last year. So clearly the brakes are on, but the, the brake pads are failing. 
<laughs> yeah, I think he needs. I think he needs a service, my friend. That's what it is. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to start hit the plate soon. But uh, yes, yeah, so you're absolutely absolutely right in in uh, in in the way it is, and the supply has come in primarily because of some of the changes that are happening um, overall, including um, you know the good old Section Twenty One potential. That is there, which has kind of gone quiet at the moment. I'm hoping really it goes away as time goes on. Um, and, and they got enough to sort out amongst themselves, let alone add another uh, dimension by having this Section 21. But that's made landlords that are there sort of thinking, well, actually, you know what, time for me to get out. I don't want to be stuck with this person for the rest of my days. And then spend loads of legal money, loads, loads of money from, with lawyers to try to get somebody out. So those things have brought properties back to the marketplace. Um, other taxation issues that have been around have caused, caused a problem. They've been uh, asked to, you know, uh, sort of think, rethink about how they want to run it. So there are stocks coming back. Um, and of course, the interest rate rise is also going to make some people stop and think. I mean, recently I've had discussions with people who would normally do a buy to let for argument's sake. And a buy to let when it was, you know, a quarter of a percent or one percent or a half a percent and, and maybe a couple of percent above base was still palatable. But now, of course, it's becoming four and a half to five percent. Um, that's two and a half, two and a quarter plus base. Um, and um, so, you know, they're at four and a half, five percent before they do it. And that is now becoming unpalatable. So they're thinking, mm. well, actually, it doesn't make sense for me to, to buy this um, I, or, or, or keep it because it's not, not producing a return on my investment. Um, it's time for me to maybe get out and offload this sort of thing. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, jitters in the marketplace, I suppose, which is going to make people sort of think, well, you know, is this the right time for me to offload? And that will be seen in the marketplace as a downturn. And I can tell you, it's not a downturn. It is really going to be a correction. And that correction is only happening because of what the government steps have been. And whilst one side is the old story, the Lord giveth with one and taketh with the other. Here, what they did, in my opinion, is they tried to uh, counter the interest rate rises by saying, well, here's a you know, deduction in the stamp duty. Um, you know, we're, we're the good guys, we're doing this, and the Bank of England is the bad guy because they're pushing the interest rates up. And, and so subsequently, we end up with what we are uh, currently um, experiencing. Yeah, there's no doubt about it from what we've been saying and reporting on this show that landlords are selling up, and you can see why from the example you've just given there. Most new loans, of course, are at fixed rates, and the cost of securing those is, doesn't directly follow base rates. So if you're getting a fix, the fixed rates are reflecting what they think the market will be in the future, not necessarily what base is now. So, of course, if you look at the costs of fixed rates recently, the mortgage rates that are on track to reach 5%, as you say, by the last quarter of this year, which would be more than double the rates at the start of 2022, which is why I said at the beginning that rates are, uh, are doubling. But if you look on the screen now, and um, we have a graph on the screen now which shows affordability. This is one I afford, um, mentioned at the beginning about affordability being hit by 28%. So how that, what that means is um, that uh, the analysis that, uh, that Zoopla have done is that if mortgage rates rise from 2 to 5%, buying power will be reduced by as much as 28%, assuming buyers want to keep their monthly repayment the same. So if you look at the, the graph on the screen, we can see the mortgage rate at 2%, 3%, 4%, and 5%. 
And, and this is assuming a calendar month payment of £825 per month. So you'll get 193500 of your mortgage as your mortgage um, um, amount given to you for a 2%. But that drops by 11% if the mortgage rate is at 3%. If the fix is at 3 you get 11% less, so you're down to 172600 If it goes to 4%, you get 154800 That's a drop of 20% assuming you're £825 per calendar month. And then if you get a 5%, you've only got to be lent 139700 So you can see how that's really punishing, particularly first-time well, uh, yeah, first buyers. Yeah, I mean, the, the affordability is now coming in. I mean, there was talk that they would probably consider lots of other areas in order to try and push the lending up. But irrespective of whatever the affordability is uh, going to be, Paul, what the lenders are are, are scared and they're running scared. I mean, we all heard that, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, 900 products were just taken straight off the shelf uh, with pretty much every lender that is going out there primarily because um, they don't think it's the end. The end isn't here yet. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, at two and a quarter, we're still way way away i mean i as much as i hate to say it we could end up with double figures in the buy to let market or not far from it in terms of borrowing it may be single figures in in the ordinary lending but certainly when you add your extra two two and a half percent on top of the base i mean if that base goes to sort of five six percent then the rent the the, the buy to let market will be seven eight percent and if it goes any further, then we are going to hit double double figures, and that is just going to make it unpalatable. But I'm hoping long before that, um, you know, they're not going to do a U-turn, but I'm sure some uh, some sort of uh, what they call a vote of no confidence will shift shift these people that are making these drastic measures. They're making them on, on, on their own understanding, but they're not really taking into consideration all the pain that the the man in the street, the, the homeowner, is actually going to be facing here. And there's going to be you know, a, a car crash waiting to happen if something isn't done rapidly on this. Yeah, we're also looking at the difference between flats and houses here. So the impact of higher mortgage rates on market activity will be compounded by sizable increases in house prices over the pandemic. Because we had the search for space and those record low mortgage rates and they resulted in the average value of a house increasing five times more than the average value of a flat over the pandemic. And on the screen now we can see that the average gain on a flat is £11,250 or 9%, whereas the average gain on a house is 54000 or 21%. So that suggests to me that there's some good value and bargains to be had if you're looking to maybe get a buy-to-let flat. But then again, I suppose you're going to be punished by the interest rate if you're buying it on a mortgage. The flat market is is definitely ripe for, for picking for, for people that are looking to invest as a buy-to-let product. Um, it will come, come good. I'm absolutely confident of that. In all the years that I've been in business, which is, you know, 40 plus, we've had we've been here before. Uh, but the only thing that you're going to have is the security and the safety of knowing that you have a property that is you can continue to rent um, and, and ultimately it will get a capital gain in uh, return. So you know, it will go up in price and that's where your gain will be. It may not be a short, short term gain, but it will be a long term gain. And certainly opportunities are, are there for people, especially new buy to debt candidates to go out there and buy um, a property. Now, you know, the interesting thing about the buy-to-let market for what it's worth, and I just throw it, throw it out there for, for the sake of it, is that um, our regular um, 
contributor, Bob Singh, uh, did say to us that uh, you don't need now to have owned a home to be able to do a buy-to-let. You can actually start a buy-to-let portfolio uh, before you become a first-time buyer. So the, 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 the two are separate. And um, I'd certainly, um, if you can't buy your own home, for argument's sake, for the time being, but there's an opportunity perhaps in other parts of the country where you could step on the market through a buy-to-let program, which ultimately could be a, a good way to build up your deposit potentially for your own home. Because if the buy-to-let market does well and you actually get a good return, it's like creating another line of income um, that may assist you better to consider a first-time purchase a bit later down the line and maybe go on the, on the buy-to-let market. But of course, um, as I said, I'm only repeating what um, Bob said, that there's potential and I would certainly uh, explore that. And if you want to explore that, of course, you can contact us and we will be happy to put you in touch with Bob to be able to direct that. It was a great time looking back, Joe, for Property Matters to come on the air because in the last two years, we've seen 10 years of house price growth. I mean, we've reported that Wales has seen the biggest benefit throughout the whole of the pandemic that we've been on air. Um, and that's now looking at 27% jump since the beginning of the pandemic in prices in Wales, which is extraordinary. That's a quarter of the value of the home added in just two years. Um, and that's the equivalent, as they say, of 10 years of uh, pre-pandemic growth um, compressed into two years. Obviously, the same things happened in the northeast and Scotland to a large extent. And across other areas, property types, recent price growth has been equivalent to four or five years, highlighting just how much prices have jumped ahead. Um, on the screen now, we're looking at um, uh, asking price reductions in uh, the, high, the, it's the highest level since quarter three, 2019. So it is turning into a buyer's market. On the screen now, you can see that uh, price reductions back in uh, 2018 were about 7%. Um, and then at the beginning of the pandemic, um, obviously, they dropped significantly to around two to three percent because obviously everybody wanted to buy everyone wanted to move at the beginning of the pandemic and uh, now we're right back to those levels of 2019 uh, quarter three 2019 where uh, um, price uh, reductions are around six percent so we're definitely turning into a buyer's market but having said that you know we're still growing at uh, 8.2 percent or almost 20 grand added to the price of the average property in the last 12 months well, that kind of underlines what I've just said uh, about the opportunity on the buy-to-let market in other parts of the country, really. Um, if you think about Wales and you think about the north north of England, where people have actually, the prices have excelled. If they were all uh, considered as a good buy-to-let area where people were looking to, to rent properties out, then those have grown. And if you're saying on the average, it's about £20,000. I mean, if you had half a dozen properties that you were actually able to invest into as a buy-to-let program, then you would have got yourself a very healthy, comfortable deposit uh, as, a, as a return or at least an income that would add to your bottom line in order to cover affordability to buy your own home in the areas that you so choose to live in. So, you know, it's, it's clear that the housing market doesn't matter where it's going to be it's just about making sure what works for you and that's part of the reason why we are here what we do is, is property matters but also i am here um in, in the agency world um to be able to direct and guide the people to say that, that this is these are the areas that are worth considering in worth worth them 
putting your money in and, and saying, well, that, that might be the place where I need to start, start. So it might be a little bit of a reverse thing. Instead of saying, oh, well, I'm going to go and buy my first home, it might be a good thing to consider, oh, I'm going to go and start my letting portfolio and then I'll come back and buy my own home because that will help me actually um, add income um, to my bottom line for affordability. Well, certainly the changes that reduce the cost of buying a home are, are welcome. The the changes in the budget do little to reduce the 90% stamp duty paid on homes over £250,000, obviously if you exclude the first-time buyers. So the buyer's tax remains a big cost for existing homeowners buying, particularly in the southeast, of course, um, and, and that's largely between the five hundred to 925000 which, of course, a lot of properties in the south are going to be in that price range. And this accounts for a sizable proportion of the sales being done at the moment. Like we were saying a moment ago, you know, people are moving in the house, in the house market rather than necessarily in the flat market. So they're suggesting that the budget was a missed opportunity to remove barriers for sales at the higher end of the market, where higher mortgage rates will also have a greater impact on demand. So they've done a lot at the bottom of the market, but this, they've, they've not done anything to address the real pain towards the top end of the market. And because the top end of the market, Paul, is, is a, an area that is hardly affected. So, and, and it's again, they, they don't have the problem of affordability. The affordability actually happens at the bottom end of the market. And unfortunately, what people don't realise, or the government certainly seem to forget sometimes, is that if we don't have the first-time buyers, we don't have the end game. Yes, you can have investors coming from abroad and, and bringing their money in and sort of stepping straight into the million-pound-plus home uh, where, where necessary. Um, but in this country, everybody has a process, and the process is that you have to start as a first-time buyer fundamentally uh, in order to you know, get your first run on, on the property ladder. And, and to do that, there is affordability in mortgages and so forth that has to ha happen. Whereas at the top end, they don't have that issue. It's partly because they've had time to grow into that. Maybe they're at a, a time of their life where you know they're doing well in business and they've got enough equity in their existing properties and they've already rolled that forward going the last 15, 20, 30 years maybe um, and have substantial deposit to be able to go and spend money on a bigger property and, and subsequently not have the big pain of the stamp duty. But stamp duty is, 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 is definitely a huge issue at the bottom line because when you're stepping out and buying your first home, uh, it, it's a major consideration. And it's, it's actually, you know, I mean, I, I have many a conversation where people say, well, why do we have to pay stamp duty? It doesn't do anything for us. Well, it's true, it doesn't do anything for them. But it does a lot for the treasury, and that's why the, that's why it exists. I mean, the treasury gets a hell of a lot of money from from the stamp duty um, that that people are spending and, and contributing towards when they're buying their home. Um, and of course, at the top end, um, you know, if they're buying it in a company or so forth, they they may be able to mitigate some of it. But they the affordability is there. So um, you know, I, I don't think that um, the top end are worried. However, as you can see, the prices in houses are still excelling well because ultimately that's the ultimate goal you start with your first time buyer flat studio one or two bedroom and ultimately you are looking for a family a small three bedroom property and and that's that's where you you sort of you reached your point the next thing is obviously maybe a semi or a detached or so forth but certainly a minimum of a three bedroom house with a garden is the ultimate goal for any you know growing family 
Let's take a look at uh, the stamp duty versus the interest rate debate, because this is the one that everyone's just finding extraordinary, because obviously, you know, they've cut the stamp duty, they've, they've cut the basic rate of income tax. And so therefore, obviously, uh, the, uh, that's fueled the inflation situation. So the bankers then, of course, reacted by raising rates. Of course, now the irony of this is, is that the average saving that was going to be made on a property for a first time, for the average home buyer, rather, was around two and a half thousand pounds. But of course, the, uh, the the house price jump equates to £4,251. So they're saying that basically the benefit the government gave the, the, the home buyer is going to be eradicated within a single month. Yes, as I said earlier on, the Lord giveth with one hand and take it with the other situation. And um, and, and here it is. And I, th I, I think that they knew that this was coming. And I think that uh, cynical as I'd, I'd like to be with, with the powers that are uh, in situ is that... Um, they they knew about the car crash that we're doing, so they thought, well, I'll tell you what we do: we'll be we'll be seen to be good to the first time buyers, and we'll move these stamp duty points. And I think some good has come out of that for a long term. If it stays that way, of course, the minimum amount from one twenty five to two fifty raised is excellent because it is in fact very hard to find a property um, at one hundred twenty five thousand um, pounds. And so, you know, I think that's a good thing. There's no doubt about that. And if it was only 1%, it's £2,500. But that £2,500 is money that they, you know, could spend towards surveys and, and legal costs and so forth. So, you know, it, it, that's, a, that's a help. Um, certainly for first-time buyers, I think it's up to £425,000, no stamp duty. Um, and so that's that's a good thing because that could be anything between ten and twelve thousand pounds that they may be looking to spend. So those are the good good things for the stamp duty part of it. The interest rate, of course, they blame it on the Bank of England. The Bank of England is a separate entity, um, and and so they're going to say, well, it's the Bank of England that are actually putting the interest rates up, not us, the government. We're trying to counter that by offering you stamp duty. It's a bit it's a bit like the two and a half thousand pound cap on your utilities knowing that all the people are making lots and lots of money and the companies are making lots of money, lots of profits. And some of them actually don't need to do that, but they've got to do it. Um, and the government steps in and says, we, we, we're going to do it this way. So I think, you know, we're being played, in all honesty, as far as I'm concerned, as, as, as ordinary folks in the street, we're being played um, between the, the Bank of England and the government um, in this. And... Um, and it's not our doing. It's it's their it's their doing. It's their whole setup, their whole mechanism, and we've got suckered into that situation. We all want to buy our properties. We want to own our homes. We want the comfort. We want to have the affordability. But um, the tune is being played by somebody else, and that's uh, kind of where we are. I think in that. It does feel like a game of poker, doesn't it? You know, everyone's got to save face at the end of the day. The bank can't seem to be uh, caving in, and the government can't be seen to be caving in. But this is uh, HBB Solutions, who looked at the current rate of house price growth over the last year, with the figures showing a 16.4% annual increase in their figures, or an average growth rate of 1.4% a month, with the average house price growth across England. Sorry, the average house price. At 311,583. This monthly rate of growth equates to a house price jump of £4,251, which is how they came to their figures. 
the managing director said, those lucky enough to be in a position to buy a property will, of course, welcome today's news uh, and the savings will be handed down to them. However, the market is already overheated at an alarming rate and the reality is that the home they are currently in a position to buy will cost them thousands of pounds more by this time next month. So they will still save on the cost of stamp duty when they buy. The price will then be, they'll be paying up front, will have to be consumed by this saving and then some. Proof, if it were ever needed, Joe, that demand-focused housing initiatives do little more than grab headlines at the detriment of the nation's hard-pressed home buyers. It's a strong view. I, I can't disagree with that uh, that view. Uh, as I said, we we are we, we are being played, um, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're playing the ordinary folk um, by these you know headline-grabbing you know stamp duty blah 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 this that the other, and um, and of course. You know, it's not gullible, but you know, you you've got to you've got to break it down to the bits that are, are matter to you personally, and, and and take out the bits that can be um, useful to you out of all of this. But what is absolutely clear is that you know it, it is a complete and utter mess, and the country and the people have gone through enough uh, over the last few years through the pandemic that was just chucked on us. We've had to change the way we think, change the way we, we do things. People are suffering from all sorts of anxiety and, and mental health issues. Um, and, you know, I don't think there is a care that's been thrown into this other than what works for them in order to score brownie points, uh, in order to try and make sure that this is the right and this is the wrong. Um, at the end of the day, you know, uh, it, it will come out in the wash. Um, but it, there also will be a lot of injuries in that wash, and that's unfair uh, for people that um, are genuinely not worried about what the government's doing. They just want to be worrying about their day-to-day -day existence, family, people, children, homes. I mean, you know, when you listen to the, uh, the media and you listen to the heartbeat of the, some of the nation where people are finding it difficult to you know, heat their home or stay in the cold or so forth. Some of that is extreme, I understand that. I mean, you know, that's that's headline-grabbing news. But some of it is generally true, and um, and those people are going to suffer. Um, and so, you know, it is it is something that has gone badly wrong in about a week um, on a basis that, you know, things were going along the right way, and then literally in a week... Um, everything seems to have, you know, come to a halt. Um, and we were here in a funny sort of way in 2007, 2008, when the financial crunch happened, you know, all of a sudden it just came to a halt. I'm just hoping that we don't face that situation again, because that was seven or eight years of, of nothing happening. Um, and, but one thing for sure, even in those seven or eight years, um, house prices did not tumble. Um, it just stayed. And so that's the comfort that I can offer our, our listeners and our viewers that, you know, sit tight, it, it will come good. You've got the best product that there is ever going to be, your home or your property that you've invested in. It's better than being in the money market, in the FX rate right now, where last week, I mean, yeah, the pound dropped to some amazing figures, I think, uh, since 1971. And if you were in the money market and it all went wrong, then that would be a complete um, scenario that you would have to sort of think about. So in, in my mind, you just got to you know, bear in mind that um, um, be, be fortunate to, to keep. And if you can keep, the secret is always going to be communication. 
Nice to see that uh, Bob Singh is joining us from India uh, as we speak. Uh, so Bob's in India. He's just said uh, <laughs> truly international uh, programme today. Uh, Bob, uh, we did ask Bob to come on uh, to the show because obviously a lot of our conversation this week has been about mortgages. But as you can see, he's in India. So uh, I'm not sure what the Wi-Fi is like in India. <laughs> Probably <laughs> it depends where he is in the country, I guess, but uh, not too sure. Yeah, I think, I mean... <laughs> He did message me to say that he, about 2.30 their time, will join in. So if you can bring him in, bring him in. He's, he's there. If he's able to dial in, then uh, we can we can bring him in for a chat, I think. Um, interesting, uh, what we mentioned last week, Joe, about the fact that we've had, you know, three housing ministers in a matter of 18 months or whatever it was. I'm not sure the exact amount, but it's not far off that, is it? You know, and we've 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 had uh, Jenrick, then we've had um, Gove, and now we've got our new housing minister. I mean, looking at the polls and looking the way that the Tory party seems to want to destroy itself at the moment, um, and, and, and I don't want this programme ever to be um, uh, political um, because we'll, we'll hold whoever's in power to account, but what does worry me, Joe, and let's have that conversation now, really, is the fact that, you know, if we are to have a Labour government soon and, you know, the, 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 um, the, the, the why that, whether that's a good thing or not is immaterial for the purposes of the discussion. But the point is we'll have yet another housing minister and there'll be another philosophy on planning and, and building um, and so on. And it just feels to me that yet again... The whole process of solving the problem of housing stock and price rises and, and, and stamp duty and all that sort of thing is going to be in limbo for yet another long period of time. I, I think recently there were statistics to show that um, I think the only time that we ever, ever hit the, the target of 300 homes was back in 1977 or 76 or, 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 or so. It's a long time ago and they've tried to do this 300 homes uh, all the time. And then on top of that, they're just trying to say that, uh, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to, you know, I, I think the, the, the aim should be away from the target. The aim should be about controlling what we have and what we deal with um, and, and making sure that the people that I have bought are, are comfortable and, and, and supported and they then want to invest more and encourage more people. I'm definitely on that page. I, I, I want to encourage everybody where possible to buy, not because it's something that is a personal thing to me or a financial gain or anything like that. I just think that that is the ultimate way of everybody having that security to make sure that they do have their own home and they um, can build the foundations to build on their on to build their families on. Um, and I think it's the right way to do it. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to encourage that. But each of these consecutive governments have got, you know, other agendas. And as I said, we're, we're kind of the pawn um, that is being used in the whole game of, of, of property and as customers and as, as people in the property game, because there is nothing else. I mean, you know, I just want to bring it back to the reality. These, the most talked about subject you know, other than some of the personal subject, is property. Um, there is never a time somebody doesn't want to discuss their home. It's their pride and joy. It's what they it's what they have worked hard to achieve. Um, and you can't let someone else direct that or, or dictate that. It's, it's got to be something that, you know, happens for your own cause. So I think, um, you know, bear that in mind, those that are listening and, and viewing, that at the end of the day, this is about you. 
and, and, and what you need to do is, and how it works right for you. And, and yes, there are going to be policy changes and there's going to be interest rate changes and so forth. But if it's affordable, then certainly, you know, do look at it very seriously. And of course, take professional advice, which we always recommend here on Property Matters. Well, it's been a dynamic week and hopefully we've uh, given some uh, perspective on what's happened over the last seven days. One thing's for sure, we'll be back next Sunday at the same time with another seven days worth of analysis of Property Matters.